Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. Welcome to Chillin' with Ice with me, Lori Fetrick, or most of you know me as Ice from the American Gladiators. Thank you for joining me on this podcast where we're going to dive in and go behind the scenes on the number one hit iconic show of the 90s. It's time to get up close and personal on what drove us to be gladiators, what challenges we faced, and how we overcame to reach all of our goals. I know in this first season, inquiring minds want to know, was there drama, fights, hookups? Are we all still friends? What did we do in our personal lives and how are we staying in such good shape years later? Well, stay right here and let's get into Chillin' with Ice. Before we dive into our incredible episode today, I want to let you know that this is a self-funded podcast and I would love your support. For the cost of a cup of coffee a month, you can donate to my Patreon page and that would make all the difference in the world. For the small donation, you will get back so much in rewards like you can watch all of my podcasts on video. I will have exclusive content like behind the scenes footage, a private Facebook group where you can interact with me directly and other VIP fans, a monthly Q&A, direct shout outs and follows from me to you on your social media and so much more. Find me on Patreon at Chillin' With Ice or click the link in the show notes now. Okay, let's dive in. I'm very excited to introduce my next guest. She was actually named an All-American at the University of Nebraska for track and field. She's an amazing athlete. She's got an amazing voice. This woman could cook like nobody else. I'm super excited to bring on my teammate, Debbie Clark, known as Storm from the American Gladiators. Hey girl, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing, boo? I haven't seen you in so many years. It's been unbelievable. I mean, just I know, right? Time has and went I, I, so I, I fast. I truly miss you. I know. I'm sorry? I miss you. I said time has went so fast. It's unbelievable. Yes. You know, it's like yes. what? It's been thirty, well, thirty-three years since the actual Gladiator show. Wow, thirty-three years. I don't know about well, you, but it's funny it, that you're doing it now because 33 is supposed to be a number. There we go. It's all about yeah. that, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, there are so many, I have so much to talk to you about that I know it's going to be hard to condense it in one hour, you know? Right. But I mean, let's, let's talk about like, for instance, I mean, you said you just got back from the doctors. You had a pacemaker put in. Let's talk about how, what happened? So with my pacemaker, yeah, it started, it, I think it started, I'm, I don't have like a, a heart disease. Mm -hmm. I did something I think really stupid. No. And when we were doing the gladiator, getting ready to do the documentary, because of my five knee replacements, I've lost weight. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not a woman that wants to lose weight. Okay. People say I look great. I think I'm too thin. But- I tried to, for the first time, I tried to do growth hormone. Okay. And, and I think that ever since then, that's when my heart's been acting up. 
Wow. That's, I mean, that's kind of scary. I mean, yeah. how did you realize something was really off and wrong? What happened? Well, because I was fainting oh, a lot. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah. And the reason but because of my fainting was because my heart was stopping. That's insane. But it's also the problem is that because of my five knee replacements, being a life fitness recovery coach, it's putting so much stress on my heart and my body because I still, oh. I still continue to be very active. You know, I'm not the type to sit home and eating bonbons. <laughs> so because of that, and I think definitely the growth, I was just, I was passing out. Wow. And That's I finally, simple. what they determined was I went to the store, which is about two and a half miles away, ran to the store on five knee replacements. Then on my way back, I didn't feel right. Mm. So I had a bridge to have to go over because we're right on the water. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't feel right. So I called 911 myself. And I had a bag full of one of my son's best friends is one of the extras in The Living Dead. And he was in town. And I was going to make a really special meal, which I do. With a, you know, and it was going to be Valentine's Day. But I had a bunch of stuff, but I never made it over the bridge. And they said, no. I said, can I just, you know, not realizing how my heart is, I'm like, can I just drop it off? They're like, no, we have to get you to the hospital immediately. It's like you're going now. So <laughs> when I went to the hospital, they continued to, to watch me, monitor me, and realize that my heart was stopping because I already had a loop recorder in. And a loop recorder is a small device that they put right underneath the skin. Mm -hmm. It's just a smaller one. And it's not attached to the heart like the pacemaker is. But it sits there and it tells you, I've gotten a couple of calls that they're like, do you remember this? I'm like, no. They're like, well, your heart stopped for this amount of time last night, unusually. So they were trying to get me in, I think, prior, but I wasn't going. You're so, so lucky. I had to get knocked down, I guess. You're so lucky that you actually went and took care of that. Now, you were talking about your five knee replacements. Do you think that that started in track and field? I mean, well, the thing is, I remember when I was in high school playing soccer, I remember one of my knees going out. Mm. And I remember also because riding so like horse riding can really mess up people's knees. Oh yeah. If you do it, if you do it excessively. Mm -hmm. So that on top of being an athlete at such a young age and so being an all American all-star being competing against guys because girls were, were tough enough for me. Right. You know, I think that had a lot because the, I was very young doing so much that I think my muscles and my body didn't develop, you know, quick enough. Mm -hmm. So it put a lot of wear and tear on my body. And so, yeah, I think it did ha have a lot to do with it. So by the time Being you younger and doing that. So by the time you got to gladiators and you're hitting and falling and everything else, it just totally screwed up your knees. Totally. Because you remember when we were on the tour at Hartford Civic Center, I blew out. That's when my knee popped. Cause I think you pushed a contender into my knee when I was about to body slam a contender and it just made it snapped. But you know me, I went out and I told them, just wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up. And they wrapped it up. But I told them for Lisa at least what a month to just wrap it up. But it got to the point where 
no, it was just gonna, I was gonna do more damage. And then they, that's when they forced me off the tour. I got it done at Curlin and Job in Inglewood, the knee replacement. And then I was what, back about a month and a half later. Right. And aren't you supposed to like let it heal for like six months, a year yeah. before well, you actually. supposed to. I know. <laughs> but you don't do anything you're supposed to do. <laughs> no, no, I'm not a supposed to type of girl. <laughs> oh, my God. How many, how, wait, how long were you on the tour? Were you, okay, so you got off because your knee. Right. But I, weren't you on, I thought you were on almost the full time. No, I was off and then I off for just about a month. Okay. And then I came back. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's, how was, I mean, that's not that bad. Yeah. What is, let's go back a little bit. And yeah. cause I was reading something about how you came out to Cali and one of the, one of the producers saw you and wanted you to come in and try out for gladiators. I really, truly never even heard that story. So how did you get on that show? I was, I was just doing a run and I was in the, I was just jogging and I think it was Brian. Gadinsky? Gadinsky, who noticed me. He asked me, he, he saw me mm -hmm. and he asked, gave me his card and asked if I would be willing to try out for the gladiators. But I didn't want to try out to be a gladiator, Lori. I wanted to kick your ass. <laughs> I, I, wanted, I wanted to get on this show to kick the gladiator's asses. But in turn, I think I was too good and they wouldn't let me. Oh, I would. So they asked me to, if I would be, you know, if I wanted to be a gladiator. Yeah, I don't think I would have wanted to go up against you. Not at all. <laughs> I mean, Peggy Odita. Peggy you Odita was target, one. And then you become my best friend. How's that? I work? was your target. <laughs> well, when, Damn. when when I want if I was to be a if I was to be a contender, yeah, you were definitely the one that I wanted to be. I remember. I don't know if you remember, but some of the contenders, like before the show, they were like they'd get all cocky and come up and go you know what? I always wanted to kick your ass. And I just laugh and go, whatever, you know, bring it on motherfucker. Let's go. <laughs> they were always yeah, like that. And remember, and remember we, when the lights and the cameras would hit them, all of a sudden they'd get all kind of nervous and freeze because they weren't so used to being on television. I was like, yeah, that's what I thought, motherfucker. <laughs> and they, and the thing is, it's not so easy. No. It's not as easy as it looks. No, but I used to, I remember some of them would come up and I'd just, and then some of them, remember they'd be all cocky and we'd get together as kind of like a small group and go, she's going down. <laughs> we just kind of remember pick. we used to make, we used to make bets yes. when the, the, the gladiators yes. saying how we were going to take them down and who we were going to take down. Oh my God. That, that geared us up, that, that, that fuel to the fire. It's, oh man, it showed it. And it's so funny. Cause right when you mentioned Brian Gadinsky, you know what I thought of? He, he came into my mind and all I remember what? is those damn Hawaiian shorts that he used to wear right? in the locker he room. Was he was such a dork. <laughs> He was such a dork, but man, I mean, so do you think that like there was some serious drama or competition between the girls? Come well, on. On the set? Yeah. Behind well, the, the scenes, is, behind the scenes, on the set, on the tour. Come on. 
We know there was. Yeah, but the thing is, I'll tell you, Lori, I get that asked all the time. But as far as a group goes, mm-hmm. you, me, Diamond, Zap, Shelly, I mean, Shirley, even Shelly, mm-hmm. there was a time where the, we got along wonderfully. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, like no drama. You know, I heard about drama after I left the show. Mm-hmm. But and her drama before I was on the show. But I got to be honest, you but you and we didn't have a lot of drama. We were like really focused on becoming a unit. And I think that's why at that time, there's a time when we truly did bond mm-hmm. and we really had each other's back. And we really wanted like we rooted for each other, oh, not yeah. only on stage, but off because. I don't know if you remember the time that I needed you and you were there for me. Absolutely. I did. Because I was having relationship problems. Mm-hmm. And I remember having to jump off my second floor balcony, get on my 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 motorcycle, which we also had in common. Yeah. Because remember you and I did the Sandra Bernhardt documentary? Yeah, that's when I had my Harley Davidson. Exactly. And she asked us if we would be willing, because there were a couple of other Harley chicks, mm-hmm. if we would be willing to escort her through Hollywood Hills in her little red Corvette. I remember that. Yep. That was because so she worked cool. out at the same gold gym that you and I worked out at. Yep. Whatever happened and, to her? Yeah. And she asked us to do that. And but you but we bonded. And there was a time that time that I really needed you because I was like in a, a relationship and I Went to your hot, I called you and you're like, storm, depth, yeah, you're more than welcome to come over. So you came over. So I came over and you really helped me. But then when I got back, I didn't realize the person I was in a relationship with ended up calling my parents and telling them about my sexuality and everything, that things that I told her about my incest as a child, she wanted to sit there and tell my parents. Wow. You know, people yeah. on the outside, it's just, I mean, I i actually got outed when I was in high school by a girl that was right. very jealous of a relationship that I was in, and right. she called my mom. I was in high school. I mean, why? I don't understand people, but that's another, that's that's on them, whatever. It but it's, is. I mean, it's unfortunate that, you know, in our situation, even like, I don't know if you want to talk about it now on the show, we weren't really able to be us. No, we weren't. We weren't. I mean, absolutely. I mean, I I don't know what happened and what you went through as far as like being gay and what they stopped you from or if they even tried to whatever. But I remember I had a manager at one point in time when I was on the Gladiators and well, there's other people on the Gladiators. It was not I was not supposed to be gay. But it was like at that time, it was not cool to be gay, and you weren't supposed to say anything. You weren't supposed to talk about it. And I was told and we my, couldn't bring our we couldn't bring our girlfriends no. around the set. I was told we that it would kill my the, my career. Appearances. Mm-hmm. I remember we did a Ronald McDonald gig, mm-hmm. and they told t- told us specifically because of its children. Yeah, they told us specifically we weren't able to bring our girlfriends around. Yeah, they did not want our girlfriends around whatsoever. No, I mean, it was just no. a time. Think of the time, Deb. Think of the timing 
back then, like being gay was like taboo. And the tides have turned today. It's almost like scary, ridiculous how things have changed. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just insane. And now Hollywood and everything is all about being gay. Oh, it's beyond that. (laughs) Yeah. I I know. It's crazy. That's a whole nother podcast, but. That totally is. And how far the transgender community has reached. Don't even. I don't know. It's reached to the top. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't mind even discussing that for a moment here. And that is, I don't know how you feel about that, but I am not super cool with the dudes going into the female athletic sports. No, no, no. Okay. Can I tell you? Hmm. When I was playing pro football, women's pro football, okay, for the Carolina Crusaders, mm-hmm. that every time there was a, and I knew she was a trans, mm-hmm. every time she would be in a position, my coach would put me there because I knew how to tackle. That, you know, right? But I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, it's like the dude that took the swimming title. I mean, all these girls that have worked their asses off, you know, to become the best they could possibly be. And then a dude comes in and says, I identify as a woman now and I want to compete and I'm going to kick all your asses. And he did. Can I just tell you two names? Hmm. Serena and Venus Williams. What about them? They're, they were originally dudes. Okay, we won't go there, but okay. <laughs> Never but heard that. For thought and think about it. Okay, interesting. But because I, yeah, that, that's why I don't, I lose, I, like you said, you're right. It's no different than somebody taking steroids. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an unfair advantage. Let's just put it that way. And exactly. if you want to compete naturally, I mean, that yes. goes with everything, all sports, bodybuilding, everything. I mean, that's why it's like I so many women don't even go into bodybuilding anymore because if you don't take steroids, you can't compete. At if all. you don't do what the big girls do, nope. you're not gonna you're not gonna be up there. You it's, cannot it's a plain and simple, whatsoever. but that's the thing. Okay, bodybuilding, you have to do steroids. Absolutely. To, to win. But, but but athletics, you sh- you shouldn't have to. No, not at all. It's so all it's all I on you. Athletics. Yeah. Because but the problem with us being athletes, mm-hmm. in my situation, I ran up against a lot of people. They, when they took the medals away from Marion Jones, they should have really looked and taken, because there's other athletes, female athletes, mm-hmm. that I know for sure that have done steroids. Oh, but the thing absolutely. is, for them to do that, and for me to train my butt off six hours a day, mm-hmm. and they only train three, yeah. but yet they're winning every time, Yeah, you're right, it's not there. No, it's not. It's a, it's a, they always have an unfair advantage on that one. You know, it's crazy. Totally. Well, and that's like when they came in and they wanted to test for steroids with the gladiators. I mean, that was all well, because, because of WWF. McMahon went after the wrestlers. I was going to say WWF, you know, and it was yeah. like kind of stupid, but very stupid. Unbelievable. So tell me your most memorable moment on the tour. My most memorable moment on the tour or moments, honestly, Lori was. When you and I would, after the show, when you and I would go to the back of the bus in the lounge area, and because you and I were on, we were, you and I were very faithful in, uh, in relationships. You were, and I was, and we just would go to the back of the bus. We would spend our money on DVDs 
you know, and watch movies and listen to music. I got to tell you, honestly, that's the most memorable time that I had. Do you re- with you. Do you remember Madison Square Gardens? We're sitting. You were there. You no, were there. I know. Yeah. Go ahead. There was like a bar outside of Madison Square Gardens. Me, you, Jamie. Jamie. Okay. I, I miss Jamie. <laughs> I do too. She was awesome. David, David Bischoff doesn't deserve her. Oh, my God. And we sat in that little bar and we were singing at the top of our lungs. It was like the Piano Man song. Yes. And it was we just, were... it was so much fun. I remember that so distinctly because we were so excited to play at Madison Square Gardens. Yeah. You know, it was like the big, huge deal. And we were like right at that bar and it like the piano song came on and we were just like wailing <laughs> and singing. And oh, I can't <laughs> totally remember that time. It was like such an amazing time. And we just laughed and we didn't care. Nope. And, but you know, the thing I loved too about you, Lori, and I loved about me and when we got together, and I can't say this for all the gladiators because some of the gladiators, when a, when a fan comes up and wants an autograph, Regardless if we're, we were coming off the bus, sometimes, remember, we would have to make our stops. Oh, yeah. You know, or we would go to IHOP or whatever because breakfast was our biggest meal, you know, <laughs> because we were so, we couldn't go home and eat because we were so tired. Right. But but breakfast was like when we could really like, you know, it, was, it wasn't, it was early enough because it wouldn't affect us on, on our, you know, when we did, did our shows. But we, that was like our biggest time. And like people would come up to us and ask her for our autographs. Some of us would give it, be very happy to give our autograph up. But mm-hmm. some of them, some of the gladiators were just in a real bitchy mood and they're like, well, we don't have time. But that, that, but I've never lost that and never lost the knowing that it's the fans that made us popular. Oh, 100%. People would, I'd have people ask me, does it bother you that they'd come up to you and ask you for your autograph yeah. if you're in the middle of dinner? And I'd be like, no, it's going to bother me when they stop asking. Exactly. You know, that's, that's what, that was my whole thing always. Yeah. And me too. And we would, no matter what would happen, we'd be more than happy to sign autographs and, and, and we'd be, and we'd be humble about it. So when you were actually coming on the team, how, yeah. how was it coming into an established team already well thank goodness like I said I had been already an athlete like my whole life Mm -hmm. you know I know how it is to to have a a, to be in a team type of atmosphere you know what I mean right because it was in my blood right so to come on it's not I wasn't intimidated at all see that's awesome you know I was just actually hoping that I could bring my piece of pie yeah. To the table. So if Gladiator's and neighbor. The best at that piece of pie that I could to compliment the team. I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to bump her out or bump her out. No, I was about what uniqueness, what a, what a part of me, because there were tons of people that tried out for the position. And I was the only one who got it. How many girls tried out when you were actually doing it? Do you remember? Over 200. Damn. Well, that's right. You were actually, when you were trying out, they actually thought possibly it was going to be for a contender. You're absolutely right. And there was like hundreds and hundreds of girls, but you stood out so much. Okay. They just threw you in the gladiators. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Screw that shit. She's too good. Debbie, what were you, what, what do you think your life would have been like if you never went on to gladiators? 
it wouldn't be as full as it is now. Where were I you mean, going before you actually went for tryouts? Well, to be honest, I actually, I'll say this, which a lot of people don't know, but I was in a recovery home. Okay. When I tried, when I tried out and I was trying, I was getting sober. I was in a recovery program. Mm -hmm. And when Julie Rush, Samuel Goldwyn's assistant called, called, you know, like when I tried out, it was like, don't call us, we'll call you kind of thing. It was always out, even with me. I think it's that way with everyone. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. And, but I was like, it was about two and a half days after I tried out. I got the call from Julie Rush. Actually, the director of the program answered the phone. Mm -hmm. And he said, his name was Mr. Wilson, awesome guy. He said, Miss Clark, can you come into my office? And I'm thinking, oh, I did something wrong. And he's like, this phone calls for you. And he handed me the phone. And it was like, hi, Debbie, it's Julie. I'm like, hi, Julie, how are you? She's like, I'm good. She's like, how are you? I said, I'm good. I remember it very well. Mm -hmm. He says, well, I'm calling for a reason. And I said, yeah. She said, I wanted to tell you, congratulations. We chose you as a gladiator. And not only that, but we named you Storm. And I said, Julie, why did you name me Storm? She says, because you blew everybody away. <laughs> that is so cool. Yeah. Wow. So that's how you got your name. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> damn i'm a little emotional of course i mean that's kind of i mean that story is just amazing i love that yeah so now when you're in the height of of gladiators where was oh let me ask you this what was probably yeah. the most memorable either celebrity or athlete that you actually meant because we got to meet a handful of i would people. say well, I've met a, I've met a, a few people. I've, I've, along the way, Sandra Bernhardt being definitely one of them. Mm -hmm. I met Madonna <gasps> one time at Peanuts, the gay bar. You went. Wait a minute. Um, when were you? I was going to Peanuts. When were you going to Peanuts? Was it still open? I mean, I don't. I forgot when I stopped it going to Peanuts. It was still open, just right at the begin, right, right at the, right at the beginning before they closed. Well, right at the end of them. And Madonna was of, in Peanuts. Holy shit. I picked the wrong Madonna night. I picked the wrong night. <laughs> <laughs> I met, gosh, I, I met Jennifer Lopez. Oh, that would have been cool. I met her. I met Will and Jada. Nice. I met Alan Thicke. Remember Robin Thicke's oh, yeah. father? Yeah. He loved the show. Cool. I wish I had met the Clintons because Chelsea and President Clinton, that was their favorite show. True. I yeah. wish I would. That's true. I remember that when he became yeah. president, he said that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, oh, was it MC Hammer that was on when we were on tour? Yes. He was, he was touring. He was in an arena right before us mm -hmm. and he sang happy birthday to me. It was oh, around my nice. birthday. Wow. So it was MC Hammer. Who, there was a few few people that we met because our tour had was on the same loop as theirs. I think one was Reba McIntyre. Mm -hmm. I had the pleasure of meeting Joe Galante's wife. 
when I was in Nashville, Tennessee, but it, it it's like, there's times where, oh, and uh, what's his name? Kubin Jr. Oh yeah. So my brother came into town to see me and we went to the famous Japanese restaurant, Yamashiro's. Yes. And I was sitting at a booth. My back was towards the entryway. And I looked at my brother and his mouth opened wide. And I'm like, Stephen, are you okay? And he was like, all he did was like, <laughs> and I'm like, what, what's going on? And it was, I turned around and it was Kubin Jr., the, the actor. Mm -hmm. And he was proposing to his girlfriend at that time. And so I went to him and he's like, I said, hi, I'm Storm. He goes, I know who you are. He said, I'm a fan. I said, can you do me a favor? Can you come and talk to my brother? Because he's a huge fan. <laughs> and he was really nice enough to come and talk to my brother, Steven. Isn't it mind blowing so how like some of these big celebrities, like I, that happened with me when I met Tom Hanks. He goes, I watch you. And it just was like, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. oh my God. You know, it's kind of mind blowing when you think back on that. It was like, they were watching us on television. And, and it happened too with track and field. You know, mm -hmm. me being a runner, I, I, after I got stopped being a gladiator, I became a private coach. Mm -hmm. So I was at like the state meet with Valerie Briscoe Hooks. And for some reason she got to me or I got to her and she's like, oh my gosh, I love this show. I'm a huge fan. And this is like a woman that I looked up to because in track and field, she's big. Yeah. But she was nice enough to come to me and... You know, like, and especially what after we had that Olympian show. Oh, I remember that. Some of the big track people, remember, yep. mm -hmm. came on the show against us. It was like kind of like when the NFL guys went against the our guys. We so had we had like some like Alice Brown, and there were some big people, but they already knew us. Well, there was you also know? on the Olympic episode, I remember like Peekaboo Street. She was like a downhill gold medalist skier. Right. She came on. I mean, right. there was a few people. but And then I, I remembered, I went back and I started looking at some of them. I didn't even realize, I wasn't there like a Playboy type of challenge or something along those lines? Well, remember that, remember when we did the, when we did the, was it Centerfold? I mean, was it, it was a Playboy, either Playboy or it was one of those magazines yeah. that we had our article in. I think so. Yeah, exactly. And I was a little frustrated because at the time, because they focused more on you guys with the blonde hair and the boobs. Be because of the, because Come on, of it's the Playboy. Of the, uh, <laughs> it was Playboy. They wanted to see the boobs. <laughs> they did, but they, but you know what? They wrote about me. See, that's I perfect. Was like, don't write about me if I'm not, if you're not taking my damn picture. Right. I was never. I was never. You know, they they never like put any photos or anything in there. I never. My photo was never taken and put in there. Yeah. So you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. When we were at the height of our career in Gladiators, was yeah. there something that you wanted to do to, to kind of like take your life to the next level? Did you want to, you know, do movies, television, sing? I mean, dude, yeah. your, your voice is amazing. What did you, Thank you. What did you want to do at the point? Because we knew it wasn't going to last forever. Right. I mean, right. even though we thought for a moment maybe it would. <laughs> but... <laughs> Yeah, we, yeah, yeah, 
I could have got, I could have kept going. Right. Exactly. But was there something that you wanted to do that you were thinking about when you were in the height of it and you were getting all the recognition? And I mean, it was pretty cool at the time. Was there something that you thought? Yeah, we were, yeah, we were like influencers, you know, if I, I don't think American Ninja Warrior or any of those shows would exist without us. Right. Absolutely. Uh, because we're, we're, we are pioneers. Right. But I wasn't really, you know, at the time, like my mom, she wanted me to do like the tryout for the Tina Turner movie and stuff like that because of my body. But I'm not an actor. I'm not an actress. I mean, and and so I, that was something I never thought about getting into movies or stuff like that. But I did think about voiceovers. Okay. Because of because of my voice, mm -hmm. and uh, because a lot of people have talked to me about how sensual my voice is and how mesmerizing my voice is and you know how I have a, a voice and also singing yeah you know and I did want to and I did try to pursue a singing career but my thing was I tried to pursue a country singing career okay which there's not a lot of blacks yeah in you know in in the music in the country music industry not at least then but when I was in Nashville Tennessee after the gladiators yeah I tried Mm. Well, I, I got some gigs like I was I was a judge for the Tennessee Titans football team cheerleaders. Cool. Which was probably the most tedious, boring thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> I was like, I would sometimes I would just be like, <laughs> but because I'm not a cheerleader type. Oh, come Mom, on. Raw, raw. <laughs> there you go exactly exactly no i'm not the cheerleading type i mean i like a cheerleader but i don't want to be one i know but but i but i i i just yeah i but i wanted to like pursue my singing right and do maybe some voiceovers that's what i i did want to do i tried to get but, into voiceovers that was a hard that was a hard industry to get into Yes, really it's like it's like it's like being a stud person. Mm -hmm. There's connections and families. Yeah, you know they're very tight knit. Very, and they give each other the they give each other jobs. Yeah, it's like there's a handful, and so yeah. and that's how it was in the stunt industry as well. I wanted to go into the stunt industry, but it was everybody was like, no, it's really hard to get in. It's, and you're right, there was this very very small group, and all the jobs went out to them constantly. Yeah, yeah it's hard, and they had the bond, mm -hmm. and they looked after each other. And it was exactly. very, very hard to get into. It would be like somebody, it would be like us. Yeah. Gladiators. Yeah. Not everybody's meant to be a gladiator. Because I remember going against Sharon Brudeau, mm -hmm. you know, Miss Olymp one of the Miss Olympias. Yeah. Which I'm friends with. Wait, you know? so you actually tried out against Sharon? Yes. We actually were together. And I remember the event we did, which for her, was a bad mistake mm. because remember when, and we do this in track and field. That's why. Remember when you have a bungee, mm -hmm. one person's in front has the bungee cord, they're facing forward, mm -hmm. and there's a person behind them on a bungee right. holding them. Right. And so the person in front would have to take off, and they would they would tell us what that when we could run, and then. When they said to run, you had to keep up with that, with the pull on the bungee. Mm -hmm. Now, not if you're not fast, like Sharon, she wasn't. Oh, you just she went right past she her. Said, Did you just go right past she, her? 
No, no. The problem is when it was time to switch uh-huh. and she was behind me, she couldn't keep up because I was too strong and I went too far. You're probably she, dragging her. <laughs> no, she said she was like a, a piece of laundry in, in, a, in a dryer. <laughs> and she ended up hurting her ankle and Aww. she had to stop. <laughs> oh, that's sad. <laughs> well, I guess. But hey, at least I was able to cut out some of the competition. <laughs> <laughs> You're terrible. Next. <laughs> oh, my God. But I love her to this day. And 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 if I saw her, like, we, we're still friends. So what was the most amazing place you got to travel when we were doing Gladiators? Because we got to do personal appearances. And I mean, yeah, we had the tour. We traveled around the United States. But is there some place that actually sticks out in your mind that was, like, super cool to go to? Well, I, I got to tell you, and it's kind of weird, but the Hartford Civic Center, because I'm from Connecticut. That's not weird. So people that's kind of cool. Yeah. And that's when my parents came. Okay. And uh, yeah, that was the most, because people already, people like already knew me, knew me. Right. So of course, that's going to be so, the most memorable. Yeah, it's cool. Which, you know, it's cool hmm. when you talk about memorable experiences and I'm still getting them. I just got a Facebook request from somebody who I used to, I used to be at the high school that I went to. I used to be the assistant track coach there mm-hmm. because I was so, I, 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 because my parents bought me, they, they, I, I had a private coach when I was younger. I competed at a very, very young age. So mm-hmm. I knew more sometimes than the coaches did. And especially doing the pentathlon at the time, which is five events. Mm-hmm. They didn't have the hap- heptathlon until I went to college. Oh, okay. But even though that's being said, I still got a heptathlon scholarship. So that shows you how advanced I was. Right. But I have people today. I had this guy who just emailed me. I think his name was Mark. He says, Storm, I don't know if you remember me, but it was in the class of such and such. I wasn't that, that good of an athlete. But I remember the drills that you made us do, like the hills <laughs> and and stuff that I was taught to do. Mm-hmm. And he said it made him, in 1992, he became athlete of the year. Mm-hmm. And he went on to teach his son my, some of my techniques. And now he's a, tri, a very elite triathlete. Nice, nice. So it's nice and... Like I was just telling you, when I went to the doctor's office, I went in, I was looking for a nurse when I had my pacemaker put in, Mm -hmm. right? I was looking for a nurse that really was really awesome and treated me really well. I wanted to see if she was there, you know, when I had my appointment. Mm -hmm. And I went into the office and I told her, I said, look, could you pull up Jessica's such and such? Because she was really awesome when I was in here. And so they sat there and they said, well, who are you? And I said, well, I'm Debbie Clark, but I go also go as the name of Storm. And the receptionist, she jumped up. She said, I know who you are. And she started crying. Wow. And she's like, you're Storm. Oh, my gosh, I watched you. And then she was talking about the events that she loved and how she always wanted to be doing. And, 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 but the whole time she's crying. And like... It's moments like that yeah. that I think, and I get emotional 
because it's moments like that. And that's why I'm a life fitness recovery coach today, because I've been through my share of stuff, Lori. Right. You know, I've, I've been dealing with, you know, alcoholism. I've been dealing with homelessness. You know, I've been dealing with a lot. Can but we I've overcome that? Can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. What happened after the show was over? Where did you go? What happened? And well, if I was to be honest, I don't know if I can. Why not? About well, because I called somebody who works on the gladiators on their shit. This is my podcast. We can talk about anything. Okay. So <laughs> what happened was okay, Mike Adamley. Mm-hmm. We now you and I know that some of those gladiators did uh, some of the contenders did not get on that show because they were good. I yeah okay, okay. I'm just saying right. So I noticed that there was a contender that got with an announcer, mm -hmm. and at the time Kim was our makeup artist. Right. You can put two and two together. Right. I was telling her about. What I, because I was close to Kim at the time, she was cool. Right. So I was telling her the warning signs that I saw. Mm -hmm. And because of that, calling an announcer on his stuff, they didn't want me back on the show. Wow. That's sad. And I know for a fact. Okay. So they didn't ask you back. Then what happened? Where'd you go? Well, then, then it's like, you know, people, when they talk about, being in the limelight and stuff and then not being, there's a huge void in your life. Huge. There's a huge transition yes. because it gets to the point where it, it's very addictive. Like you, that's, that's it, that, it, that becomes you, you know what I mean? And so it, for me, I hear what you're saying because it was like, it's your identity. I mean, your identity for a while, you were storm and then all of a sudden you're, not, I mean, you're always going to be storm, but then all of a sudden you were not. So right. there, it's that identity. I went through a major depression when the show ended and I was no longer in the limelight. So keep going. I hear what you're saying. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And, but so, yeah. And so it gets to the point where you don't you kind of lose yourself. Mm -hmm. And so then I just, I started drinking. Again, I was sober the whole time doing the gladiators because there's no way I could have drank the way that I did and functioned that high. There's no way. Even though some of the gladiators at the end of the shows like to juice it up a little bit. Oh, yeah. Uh, more than a little bit. I, that's another <laughs> that's another thing why I was very, I was very, very sorry. Very, very blessed and grateful to have you, Lori, because... While everybody else was drinking and doing what they did, we were faithful and we stayed in the back of the bus. And mm. you helped me stay sober. And I really, here I go again, getting emotional, but I really appreciated that. You being there for me. And you didn't realize it, but. I had yeah, no idea. And, yeah. So you started <laughs> drinking. So you started drinking again, kind of yes. started spiraling a little bit. And yes. then what happened? Where where did you land? To tell you the truth, I don't really remember. Okay. Uh, there are parts of my life that I just, I don't remember. Mm -hmm. But I just know that I, it got to the point where I got 
bad. And then, you know, my parents had won the lottery. So they moved to Myrtle Beach and I ended up going back to Myrtle Beach. Mm-hmm. But it's weird. Like they say, you go from the fire, the, 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 the fire into the frying pan. Mm-hmm. I ended up becoming a, a, a nightclub owner and a bouncer at one of the hot, the, the top gay, the top gay illusions bar. And again, there was a fan that told me that she remembers me throwing her roommate in a puddle of mud because he was being rude and I had to bounce him out of the club. And and I just got it today. It's weird, but I got into the because in, in Myrtle Beach, there's a lot of strip joints. And, yeah. and like, if you're not working there, you're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. So during the day, I was in the morning in the day, I was a trainer, mm-hmm. a personal trainer. But then at night, I was working at Illusions, one of the top bars in Myrtle Beach until six o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. And like, I was running myself down. Right. Because I was trying to, I think, fill that void. Right. So then then I heard you were in San Diego for a while. And somebody yeah. said, I mean, you know, obviously it's, it's on the internet, Google articles, to where you were actually homeless living on the street for a little while. Yes. Well, that yes. must have been um, scary as shit. Well, the th- it was. And not only that, Lori, it's it's scary by yourself. But yeah. imagine having a child. No way. Absolutely no way. I couldn't, I can't even imagine that. I mean. I, and the problem was too, is because also I had to have, a, my my knee was bugging me mm-hmm. and I had to have it another surgery. Mm-hmm. So like when you don't have anybody, it's hard. And when people talk about being on their own, like I said, imagine having a child that you protect and I'm not out there prostituting. How old was he at the time? I still, yeah, I still kept my son safe. How old was your son when you're actually living out? I would say maybe right before his teen, teen, teen years. Yeah, that that had um, been rough. So then what happened is I was out in the parking lot at St. Vincent's. I remember it very clearly. Mm -hmm. St. Vincent's was, is a big, huge, like homeless they helped the homeless. Mm-hmm. And I was in a parking lot where they were giving out food and free supplies. And I came across this guy called Sean mm-hmm. and Sean Shepard. And he coerced me. And this is what I'll use exactly. Okay. He coerced me because he said, Oh, I have a room at my house. You come over to my come over to my house. And you'll be okay. But he had an ulterior motive. One, he was attracted to me. He turned off. One of the reasons he, he was attracted to me, I'll start that. Two, he wanted to exploit me by being Storm because he had a foundation. Oh. So he was trying to make me the face of his foundation. Okay. He even got to the point where he tried to reach out to Johnny Ferraro and some of the gladiators to do a commercial on homelessness. And not only that, listen, Sherry Shepard from The View mm-hmm. offered mm-hmm. to pay six months rent for Creighton and I to have our own place. Mm. But because of Sean, it ended up going into his foundation instead. Oh, that's so wrong. 
He he controlled all my Twitter, mm-hmm. all my interactions, wherever I went. He sat there and he says, "Oh, he was my he was my 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 chauffeur and all this." Now I couldn't go anywhere without him going because he always wanted to be in the limelight. Mm. I couldn't do an interview without him. Nothing. Yeah, there's a there's so, a whole article he wrote on the internet about the situation. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure that you read it. Yeah. yeah, 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 and he sat there and he said that my son's shoes are smelly. Do you know why? <laughs> that I didn't. <laughs> no, listen, it's stupid stuff like that. But he wouldn't let us bring our shoes inside so they'd get wet. But he wouldn't let us dry dry them in the dryer. But aren't so all teenagers' food shoes smelly anyway? <laughs> exactly. He wouldn't let us eat in our room. Uh huh. He wouldn't let me do certain things. So he was a control he freak. Do- totally. Then. I was on the phone with one of my clients that I trained. Her last name is Lindsay, but I trained her and her 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 her, her son worked at a Gold's gym that I was working at mm-hmm. at the time. And I was telling her how much I couldn't stand Sean and how he was controlling and everything. Do you know he was right outside the door? Do you know all the money that people were sending me that he was like putting out there, like help her, help her, help her? It was all going to him not me or Creighton. And he heard everything I had to say about how I thought he was a control freak and all this stuff. Then on top of it, one of my exes got a hold of him. He didn't know I was gay. Mm. So now that means he doesn't have a chance with me. Right. So all, all at once in within about an hour, he told me to pack my shit. Exactly. Creighton was in school. He told me to pack my shit. And he dropped me off at St. Vincent's where you have to, it's a process to get into St. Vincent's. Right. No money. He, he didn't give me any money or anything. He basically told me to F off, kept all the money. And not only that, Sherry Shepard invited gave me and, and Sean tickets to go to her wedding because he finagled her to give him the money towards his foundation. Do you know that he went and when he went, she told me that he tried to sit there and get all his her guests to donate, like in a pushy way, to donate to his his foundation. So it sounds like there's a lot of people that take advantage of the homeless situation and yes. with their nonprofits to benefit themselves. Deb, I'm Very so sorry so. that you had to go through all that. That sucks. I mean, that's just I mean, it had to have been hard for you. But the good thing is, is look where you're at today. Right. Yes. Doing better. Your son's doing better. You're a life coach. I mean, girl, you're, you're, you're so much better. I'm so proud of you that you, that you actually pulled yourself out of that. I mean, it was just, that's awesome. I mean, I, I know that we could sit here and talk about our lives for like forever because we have so much (laughs) and we haven't talked for what, 25 years. Yeah. You know, but yeah. I just I I wanted to get your side and your story because so many so many things are out there. I mean, obviously you can't believe everything on the internet. You right. cannot. And right. I mean, you are you're an amazing example that you can do the hills and valleys, you know, because that's obviously I mean, yeah, I I totally understand you. You have an addiction. You're always going to battle it. But here's the thing. You've got a son, you're raising him. I heard that he's an amazing kid and yeah. you're doing an amazing job. Thank you, Lori. And I, and I feel like I am. And, and the people that 
The people that I want to help are people that have been, you know, there's this thing that I, 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 my mom told me, she says, you know, people in life keep going down the road and falling into the same hole. They do the same thing and expecting different results, but they fall in that hole. Mm -hmm. And one day I'm walking down the street and I hear this woman crying and I look down and she's in the hole and she's asking for help, but people are throwing like keys or food or books all that stuff, but it's not helping her get out of the hole. Right. So until one day I go back to the hole and I jump in mm -hmm. and she says, that was a stupid messed up thing to do. Now we're both stuck. And I tell her, no, I've been here and I know the way out. Good. And that's what I truly try to be to the people that I'm a life fitness coach to, because I can bring so much to the table and that people just don't realize it. And I just, can't, can't doesn't live here. And I just refuse to give up. I love, you know, that. I've had five knee replacements. I'm a pacemaker, you know, You're I feel the, like the, uh, the ever ready bunny. <laughs> yeah. Or a cheaper version of the bionic woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I had so much fun with you on the show. I can, I am so happy that we got to be such good friends and teammates. And I mean, Time has gone by so fast and there's no way that we cannot stay connected. And and not only that, but we've been through too much together, Lori. I know. And and I've always, you know, when you when you call and you say, Hey girl, you know, it's like <laughs> Debbie Debbie Deb. And and so you just like brighten my life, you brighten my day. I just I just I mean, I love you. Thank I respect you. and I love you and the things you've done and where you are and continue to be. And the thing is that my Lori that I know never has changed. Oh, thank you. It's You're it's welcome. like a constant, it's like a constant keep going. It's like, okay, that didn't work. Let's try this. Okay, that didn't work. Let's try this. And it's like, I'm writing a book. <laughs> it's like, I'm writing a book now. But the thing is that it's like, I feel like the lo the more, the, the older I get, the more chapters I have to write. There you know you what go. I mean? You've got, you've so, got an entire life to write about. Yeah. But I you got to finish. And I, and I know- what I'd like to do, I'd like to be like on TED one time. I'd like to go around and motivate women because I know how to advocate very effectively mm -hmm. because that's, you know, when you have, when you're a single mom and like, there's been times that I've been homeless living out of my car, but again, I've never sat there and sold myself, mm -hmm. sold, sold my body, sold my soul, nothing. And when you really are forthright and honest about your intentions mm -hmm. and you have a true spirit and a soul to you, people really are willing to help you because uh, there's times where I had no food and I would go into the nearest McDonald's, tell them honestly where I was and who I was. And they would sit there and help my son and I out and give us food. And I mean, even police officers, when we were sleeping in our car, checked on us to make sure we we're okay or told us where to park, where we wouldn't be bothered. Right. I mean, imagine being in a car for four months. No way. I can't. I can't. Until, I mean, this, until that car gets stolen. Oh, <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> so you come out from trying to get shopping some whatever when, when when I was able to to find out that my car, my my car, my guitar, my everything. son's PlayStation, everything's gone. Oh my god, girl, that is so sad. I'm so sorry. That's okay. It happens, but. You know, I just feel like I'm stronger. And I feel like today there's nothing I can't do. 
It's that's why the song was made. That that doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> right. All right. right. So I I am so thank you so much for coming on today. And if, please come thank back. Thank you for having me. We're gonna you're gonna come back because we just touched the surface. Surface. I know. I know and there's so much. I just want to say thank you so much, Debbie. I'm so excited. You're welcome. Storm, I love you. And you're I coming love back. You more. Thank you so much for listening to Chillin' with Ice. And don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe, and share wherever you listen to your podcast. Remember to follow us on Patreon and YouTube at Chillin' with Ice. And on Instagram and TikTok, you can follow me at lori.ice.fetrick. I look forward to chilling with you next time here on Chilling with Ice. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.